What, which, this, that, or the other? From Bonnaroo to Coachella, traversing the music festival landscape can be tricky. That's where we come in with high fives for everyone. The What Podcast with Brad, Barry, Lord Taco, dedicated to exploring the entire festival scene. Brad has worked in the radio industry for more than 20 years and currently lives in Brooklyn, where he is program director for three stations, including one in New York, one in Detroit, and one in Miami. Barry's been a reporter for the Chattanooga Times Free Press, covering all aspects of the entertainment industry since 1987. That's before you were born. Lord Taco, the smart guy who makes these podcasts on our website at thewhatpodcast.com work. Also really good at identifying babies, loves blue-haired moms, PBR, and his beautiful Volkswagen bus. We all fell in love with the Bonnaroo Festival years ago, not only because of the amazing bands that play there every year, but also because of the incredible community spirit that has developed around it. Radiate positivity. And we really like talking about the inside baseball stuff when it comes to putting on a huge music festival. So join us. You can hear the What Podcast on the Consequence Podcast Network or anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. Hey pod people, Engineer Adam here, jumping in for a quick second to let you know about the brand new all-in-one platform for all of you creative podcasters out there. Anchor makes it easier than ever to make a podcast. It's free to use and has all the creation tools you need to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Plus, Anchor will get your podcast set up on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are found. Even better, Anchor helps you connect with sponsors, even if you're just starting out. It's the perfect choice for podcasters, so make sure to check it out. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. Back to the show. Hi, I'm Consequence of Sound film editor Dominic Suzanne Mayer, host of Filmography, a filmmaker's podcast. On our new season, we're spotlighting the works of one of the true 20th century masters, Stanley Kubrick. From Fear and Desire to Eyes Wide Shut, we're examining the performances, stylistic choices, music, and all the nuances of these cinematic and cultural touchstones. Look out for new episodes of Filmography every week, new directors every quarter, and subscribe via iTunes or wherever you procure fine podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to this week's episode of This Must Be The Gig. I'm your host, Leo Phillips, and this is your little backstage pass to the world of live music. And I am now reaching you from a sparkling hotel room in the heart of the mystical island that is Montreal, in my very terrible French accent. That's right, it's peak festival season, which means I'm out on the road once again getting you all the best magic from around the world, and this time I'm at the incredible Oceaga. We are mid-Oceagaing. It's just a hop and a skip and a jump away from Lollapalooza, and these two festivals really do share some of the best and brightest names on kind of the exact same weekend, but there's something special in the Canadian water as well. This weekend, we had the wonders of Yeah Yeah Yeahs, which if you know me, you know I love the Yeah Yeah Yeahs and Florence and the Machine, not to mention the superb Montreal locals like Matt Holabowski and massive crowds and sterling sets from the St. Vincent de la Soul 
the national arctic monkeys Khaled, Likili, and so many more the performances weren't the only things really keeping a weekend hotter than a sizzling frying pan on my face the scorching sun did its share as well that said the festival did include a massive water tank for quick bottle refills which i loved nice little initiative by the festival they also had two pole-like structures that acted like hoses to spray down this baking crowd and fountains and swimming pools there was even a stage floating on water even with all those cooling options walking through the summer heat got my appetite raging but luckily food options included the greatest vegan hot dog i have ever had in my life and more delights by the amazing chuck hughes and danny smiles two of the best canadian chefs out there which i learned over the weekend for the first time but we're not really here just to talk about snacks i have more snacks in store by the name of three amazing acts on the bill. First, I sat down with the incomparable Anderson Pack for a quick conversation about getting perspective on aeroplanes and his earliest concert experiences. Next, I met up with Ben Schneider, frontman of Lord Huron, to chat about folding the band's new album into their set, playing bat mitzvahs as a teen, and also his first Radiohead concert with his brother. Finally, I caught up with Bob and Julian from France Ferdinand right before they set for a little cheeky, super sweaty chat about Julian's status as the new guy in the band, the Glasgow music scene and exactly what happens when you play a song 800 times. Or maybe it might have been more. Oceaga seems like the biggest festival in the world when you're there, but you know, even still, it has so many little things that are kind of cozy and, and quite lovely about it. And I really hope that these three chats coming up really give you your own little backstage pass to the experience that I had over the weekend. And I also, lastly, want to say a quick thank you to the entire team at Oceaga, Evenco and Montreal Canadians. Here's me and the whole grand ocean of Oceaga wonderfulness. Enjoy! Have you been me. here? I was looking at your machine. And that's my cool. machine. That's a little more high tech than the other ones I've I seen. I know. That's, that's, so this is my like mobile. That got compression little... on it and shit. Right? <laughs> Effects. <laughs> Can you put <laughs> lots of reverb <laughs> on my shit? Thanks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so the last time I saw you was in, I was thinking about it earlier actually, was in Helsinki at Flow Festival three years ago. I don't even know. Maybe more. And people were just going as they do. Nuts. That was one of the craziest shows. That the crowd was was mad do you do you remember the festival at all i remember yeah just the different types of white people i was (laughs) with the big heads and like i was like wow this is like this is real like this is where you guys were invented fam like i loved it it was dope the the crowd the energy this is like because that's wait it's not it's not where it's finland right yeah that's not where bjork is from no so she have you been she's from iceland okay i've been there too how fucking amazing Both is Iceland? Both of those were just amazing places. Iceland was crazy. Sun never Wait, went did down. you play a show or did you just go on holiday? Yeah, it was a, a festival. Yeah, with like Rick Ross and Big Sean. It was crazy. Have like, you been to South Africa yes, yet? Yes, Cape Town, Johannesburg. Yeah, I'm, from, I'm from Cape Town. Cape Town's good. 
That you was love amazing. It. it was beautiful. Don't you think South African people are just the best? Yes, I, I know love you your have accents. to say that. I love your accents. You guys got the, one of the top accents. It's kind of like a weird aunt of Australia and well, I like, like the, I like the Afrikaans accent. You know, Afrikaans like the, the people amazing. that were like working in the hotels and shit. Like that, <laughs> those accent, I really like that. You know. And because they speak like five languages, easy, right? I mean, it's like Europe too. You know, everybody's ready. Like well, we like, have eleven go. national languages, right? We're so ready. Like language ain't yeah. nothing, bro. That's how you guys communicate. That's why you guys are so different no, than it's us. Beautiful. Like, it's very. Uh, it, it helps to like expand your whole mental everything. So like you guys, like you say, you're really warm out there. Really, you have a natural warmness to you guys and it's true the way and communicate this, it doesn't with take much you know to it just doesn't. be lovely i think we no. were we were talking just before we press record we we're talking about like being lovely in this industry which is like you you don't get that much yeah but i do get that from you and i get that from your music and especially your your live shows so i i want to go i know we don't have much time but i want to go right to the beginning do you remember the first show that you ever saw the first one where you maybe that was so formative for you that you felt like, fuck, I can do this. First show I ever saw. Ever saw. I feel like the first show I ever saw was Ninja Turtles at Universal Studios, like, concert. Oh, my gosh. Like, that was the first concert experience I feel like I've ever went to Amazing. where I was like, oh, shit, this is crazy. And then after that, a couple key performances, I remember the first concerts was Earth, Wind & Fire in Las Vegas. I was a child as well. What? How old were you? I was probably, like, 12, 11. My parents took me. They were big gamblers at Caesar's Palace, and they were playing there. Caesar's Palace, and I love it there. I grew it's up, so awful and yeah, amazing at yeah. the same time. I grew up on other music. My mom was us all she played in the house. So then, wow. she, I saw that concert. I was blown away. Yeah. Um, but before that, my my big sister took me to like Bone Thugs in Harmony and Keep Sweat. That's um, how how much older is she to you? She's ten years older. Ah, yeah. so she was like, I'm gonna, so I'm gonna teach to, him a she thing. She took <laughs> me to that Bone Thugs Harmony concert, Jodeci, I think too. It was crazy, and um, at the Amphitheater in Universal again too. And um, yeah, those were those were all the the, the Ninja Turtles, Bone Thugs, mm. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Those are like my first concerts I ever saw. Did you? Was there ever a moment where there was a particular person on stage and you were just like? I have to fucking do that. Was there any rapper yes. or anybody? Well, coming like up, seeing uh, footage of people like James Brown and Michael Jackson and Prince. Yeah. Those are the, that's like the, the uh, as far as entertainer, like that's, that's what I thought mm. an entertainer should do. You know, mm. like that's how you should be on stage. Right. Um, yeah. It's like have a persona. That almost. was the, the pinnacle, you know, My, James Brown and, and, uh, and, and Michael Jackson for me when I was coming up and, and then later for, Watch now watching like the Prince performances and stuff makes you uh, cry. It makes me cry. Different I, level. Something. It is a different level. Yeah. So um, those are the people that like I came up with. Uh, I was like, okay, entertaining and stuff. You know, when I was like young and impressionable, coming mm. up as a kid though, I, I loved hip hop. So I like crisscross and like immature and these these like groups, mm -hmm. hip hop, uh, R and B dance groups that dance, New Edition and. Uh, these 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 kind of groups that dance yeah yeah know? entertain yeah that was like the that was the thing that I always saw yeah do you feel like that is exactly where you do you feel like you've come to a point where you get onto stage and it feels completely natural for you yes it, now yes, yes. Was, was there ever any apprehension like ever nerves for sure for sure because really? I'm coming from a drummer's perspective so exactly I have yeah. my whole career, well it's a my, good perspective yeah. yeah yeah but my whole I remember just people being like. Just stick to drums, you know, like that's your thing, you know. No. Like, I, I did a lot of years where I was backing up other artists, mm. uh, playing in church, 
Like that was my my main experience is playing in years and years of church, being in the background, watching the best singers, watching the best performers, watching the best choirs and mm. the best like of the people that are just doing it for no form of fashion. Mm. Um, that's what I grew up in, so I was not trying to get in, from in front of those drums, you know. Yeah. Like, so uh, that took a while, you know, to like develop. And what so, kicked? What like? What was the moment where it clicked to you that like I need to just expand? I need to be. I need to be in front. I remember, um, I remember I was going to school where I met a lot of my my bandmates, and I remember um, my my one of my buddies that was was uh, studying with me at the time was mm. like, I was playing shows, doing my thing. I was going by Breezy Lovejoy, and I was doing my shows already in town, and uh, but my bread and butter was playing drums for other artists. Like that's why I paid rent. And so I remember one day he was like, Yo, you, you know, you, you should just stick to drums. That's what you. This is you know, that's your thing, you know, like, you're great at yeah. other stuff, but, like, bro, you know, really, I think, you know, we all know, you know, he was like that, and that made me just like, oh, fuck that, I'm about yeah, to, I'm about I gotta to do it now, yeah. I gotta do it so now, it's harder. true, it pushes yeah. you, it does push you in a different direction, Yeah, it gives yeah. you that kick that you probably would never have gotten, yeah, 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 I've just, I never thought of it that way, you know, like, when, once he tried to put a, a limit on what I could do, or say I couldn't do something. You just want to punch like, further. Okay, let's get it. Yeah. But talk to me about some of the people that you've been able to meet in this in this crazy journey of yours now that Man. you've been able to perform with as well. Yeah. Um, let's see. Current artists. Well, I was really influenced by people like uh, I remember seeing people like LCD Sound System, like <laughs> their show, their live show. How fucking and, nuts is yeah, that show? Yeah, yeah. With a massive disco ball. Yes. Like, yes. what is that? That's a world. Yes. It's yeah. like, but it, they're real musicians all yeah. just playing, you know? And I feel like yeah. they really figured out how to um, connect both worlds, you know? And that's what I feel like we've been no. always Nancy's always unreal. Doing. And then you have like Pat with his theremin, like yeah. with, you know, with his yeah. little then fingers. Everybody, I feel like everyone in the band plays percussion. Like everybody just will <laughs> yeah. randomly go and play percussion. And it's like, yeah. And, and then their, their light show and then their visuals. Like yeah. it's all it's all connected. It looks great. Like everything looks like yeah. uh, it's all connected as one. Um, uh, who else do we really enjoy watching? Um is there anybody that you've maybe like played with? Oh yeah, I mean just playing with different just people. Playing. Like my first, the first band outside. I mean playing with in church that was an amazing mm. thing. And then after mm. that, like the, I did gigs with um. There was a, a like American Idol chick that uh. Oh really? Uh, uh, Haley Reinhardt. Oh yeah. That was like, my first like professional <laughs> gig, you know, so playing like these pop tunes. How was that? Like, that was sick too, man. It yeah, was, like of the course. music was still really good. She was a sweetheart, and like it got me like to do TV stuff and playing the click and like being more mm. like uh getting more um discipline you know because i was just playing wild and playing on free shit. yeah, yeah free so yeah great and then though as well playing but... with sarah was the exact opposite you know playing with like sarah was yeah. just funk experimental um super stretched out mm -hmm. soul but groove too playing mm. with someone like omas who is also still from the pop world too mm. like he would keep me in line too and mm. like keep us playing but, but then you would... need all those disciplines yeah you have great. to to keep you humble as well to keep learning yeah, like yeah. i'm sure that you you have so much still to come yes you don't ever want to be bored or like exactly. feel like you've hit the peak exactly. you know yep. of your life yeah. but, and and you have you toured with jay-z it? that's one of my favorite mcs though when I, I, I lost school. my favorite uh, scarf when I was when it was like 2008 and I was like waving around. It was one of the best one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. Yes, that was one of the first shows I saw too. I can't I, I can't believe I forgot it, but it's coming well, it's back not now. Forgetting. To me. That's why this whole podcast and this whole chat is is 
the reason why I love it is because especially with artists like you, there's something that you do on stage that a lot of people don't know how and that you connect in, in such a really authentic and genuine way with your music and that makes people connect with you mm. and that's always interesting. So if you like forget things, it's yeah. like, right. that's life. You know, there's so yeah. much that you, but in, in terms of traveling around and coming from the States, coming from where you come from, is there ever a place that has kind of stuck out in your mind? Like, do you like playing in Europe or certain certain places? Are there yes. certain places that you prefer? Yes. Um, you know, with touring, you never get to stay in one place too long. So that's the, the only downside. So yeah. only thing you really get to get the perspective of your, where you're at is the people. Mm. So the, mm. the place that we have the most contact with the people, like that's mm. how I, f I feel about it, you know? So the shows and... The people that take care of us and take us around and take the effort to like show us your, your family yeah yeah so but i love australia that's that that's How always amazing. like a blur like because it's so much party and yeah, it's so amazing and there yeah we're always linked up with the like like-minded people and our mm. friends we're always touring over there with our friends at the same mm. time so i love that mm. um i love europe mm. um I just can't pinpoint what I like so much, but places that just pop out to me are like yeah. places like Germany, yeah, uh, Paris, they fucking nuts, UK, mm -hmm. Lisbon, um, Brussels, and in and, and uh, you got the, to travel the world. Do you ever like? I know this is a strange question because we're sitting like in your trailer at a festival. But is there ever a moment where you can sit down and go like? This is incredible. This like is there ever a moment where you can have perspective? Usually on the plane. <laughs> when you're on the plane you start looking out the window and you're like, Man, that's crazy, man. Look at this. I used to fucking just get drunk in the alley. <laughs> it's true. And yeah. then you get that perspective. Yeah, you're just sitting next to people that like everybody's got their story, you know, but it's like it's like when you're on the plane, it's like we could we could all go down or we could all go up. And so. you realize what you've done, <laughs> and you have to about it. Yeah. You're all the same. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. So that shit's. Are we wrapping up? It's over, man. Sorry. But thank you, and I'm excited to see you. I'm sure later. I'm excited to Thanks. be seen. Cool. <laughs> Wonderful. So what have you been doing the whole day? I just went for a swim. There's like a little, <laughs> there's a little man-made lake over here. So I just got out of the lake. Um, just still drying off, I guess. Have you played in Montreal before? We've done a few club shows in Montreal. Never okay. done Chicago before, though. Oh, so you haven't. This is our first show. Yeah, this is my first as well. So far, it seems like it's the upper echelon of festivals. It's really yeah. nice. It seems really the nice. upper echelon. <laughs> you dropped echelon in like the first two minutes. <laughs> Shit. Sorry. It is nice to get some time off because I'm sure that you only have, or maybe you do have a lot of time between stuff, but you can't really sightsee much, right? Yeah, there's not a whole lot of time to sightsee. I mean. We try to do as much as we can. I especially like to get out and get some exercise and see see cities if I can. Yeah. You know, just to keep myself sane. I know, because I think people also forget a lot of the times that you're not just performing. Right. You have all the time between sound check, between the show. So you've got a lot of That's kind of, I feel like, what you're actually time. getting paid for. It's all the, it's all the waiting <laughs> all around. All the downtime. I mean, the, the shows yeah. are, you know, the fun part. Yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you enjoy performing? That uh, might sound like a weird question no, but do you enjoy it's it it's actually not a weird question because it can get it can get repetitive yeah but in general we try to keep it fresh and it's pretty fun i mean you know these are yeah. my best friends that i play with so 
it really changes yeah. things. We all get along really well, which I can I can't imagine being yeah. at each other's throats on a tour. I know. I've spoken awful. to people who are like, I don't want him in the interview yeah. because he's so shit, and I'm like, yeah. but you're in a band. <laughs> I know. It's difficult. It's really difficult. But it, as long as you know that there's a point i suppose where your creativity needs to be mm-hmm. fueled from a good relationship i'm sure you're aware of like how that can affect your songwriting and absolutely yeah, yeah. And, and you know in a weird way when you start to feel sick of it that's a good sign that it's time to to do something to make something to do new. something different yeah. but you've been now performing essentially since like two, when did your albums 2010 2011 2010 were our yeah. first eps our first show was actually almost it was August 6th, 2010. So no way! Almost exactly. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I have no idea why I make weird sounds. Um, <laughs> so, wh- do you remember that first show? Uh, yes, I remember Oh, really you well. do? Mostly I remember the stress surrounding it. Why? <laughs> what kind of stress? Um, well, we only had a very short amount of time to get ready for it. You know, I had made the EPs on my own and had to put together a band really quick. And, you know, it was a pretty big crowd. Mm. And just had a jazz club in... Los Angeles and I hadn't performed in a long time. Were you in bands before? Like college yeah. bands? Yeah. I, okay. I, mean, I was in bands with these guys in middle school. Oh, no way. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. So you've known them for so long. A very long time. That's why we get along so well, I think. We've ah. already gone through all the fights and stuff. And like, <laughs> yeah, you've gotten it out of your yeah. system. Yeah. So you weren't prepared, but you got on stage. Yeah, we did, we did well, though. It turned out great. I mean, uh, the musicians we got for the band were incredible, so... That helped a lot. And people people liked it. And, you know, we've been on tour pretty much ever since. But wait, did you not freak out when you first went on stage? Like, I, I know pretty, it was a long time ago. Yeah, but it was nerve-wracking. Um, but, you know, I just tried to be zen. Do you know that David Byrne said that? I'm not <laughs> <really>. <laughs> it's good I'm advice. Not. It's good advice. But it is, though, because I think... I don't know. There's a lot of people that I've spoken to that obviously they have such a different relationship to it and it changes and shifts. The more your fan base grows, the more you grow as a human being. And obviously the nature of your music is not necessarily anything that can just be, you know, press play. I I can imagine you need to kind of prepare yourself as well. A lot of rehearsal, yeah. Yeah, a lot of rehearsal and stuff like that. So has it always been like that or has it shifted over the last few years? No, it's pretty much always been like that. We've always put a lot of emphasis on putting on a good live show, you know. I think especially when we were first coming up, which was like the blog era. Blog era. Don't you miss that? I do. I miss that. But there was a lot of sort of karaoke going on at Mm. that time too, where it was just, you know, since stuff had been made in the bedrooms, people were just kind of Mm. doing karaoke to their backing tracks. Mm. And uh, I think there was sort of a decline in show quality for a little while, but we were always really conscious about, you know, putting on a good show, playing our instruments. Are you an audiophile at all? Like how, how technical do you get i'm not that big of an audiophile i'm my philosophy is just if it sounds good it sounds good it's right. not like i get really picky about using the right yes. mic or the right preamp okay it's just if it sounds good that's yeah good. yeah who do you leave that up to i mean i produce the record so i guess <laughs> myself <laughs> but we usually hire an engineer I'm like, who's the guy <laughs> yeah we usually hire an engineer who has a little more okay. you know, know how about that yeah. stuff he can advise me so he knows what I'm going for. and he can. But uh, you also have to make sure, not that you need to stay in your lane, but you also have to make sure that you get enough professional assistance sure. as well. Yeah. Because touring can go awfully wrong. <laughs> it's very true. Has anything ever like majorly 
horrific happened. I'm making. I'm very being very hyperbolic right now. But has anything? I mean, at the time, it feels horrific. You know, what? Just malfunctions, or okay. an app stops working in the middle of a show, or again, I try to be as calm as I can about that stuff. In the early days, I definitely freaked out more. Yeah. But you know, a lot of times, what can you do? It's I know. Not, there's nothing you can do. You can have a backup, which we try to do now. Yeah. But even then, you never know. So, I think I've learned to roll with it. And after you've played so many shows, you start to realize how something can seem extremely consequential and significant at in the at grand the time. scheme. Yeah. But, but over, you know, in the grand scheme, it's not a big it's deal. It's a speck. Yeah. yeah. The cold and different universe. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that big of a deal. But do you find, especially over the time, not that your confidence has grown as such, because I feel like that's kind of a morose way to talk about it, mm-hmm. but do you feel like you... Um, almost disconnect from some of the songs that you sing because you have been singing them for a while or do you still feel that kind of pang? I think that's kind of what gets back to what we were talking about earlier where you mm. start to feel bored with it and I think when you do that's a that's a bad sign so yeah. sometimes we'll retire songs for a while just because we don't have that spark that I think is sort of necessary to pull it off live you Right. Know? I think you can really tell when someone's not feeling it basically and we want to be feeling it as mm. much as we can. Yeah. And now with the new record? Yeah. Have been you been touring nonstop, basically? Pretty since much since we put the record out. And? Yeah. How's and that been? Great. Yeah. It's nice, of course, to have a whole new batch of songs to pull from. Yeah. But it's also been nice to have some stuff that we haven't, that we retired a while ago, mm. that now it's been long enough that we've That you can, can bring, it bring it back. What's a bring back one? Uh, well, our first Brought EP. Back our very first EP, which was just like a three song thing, mm. uh, we, we did, haven't played much off of that. Many years, and so now we're going back to that. I actually feel like I probably blogged about one of your songs back in the days um, because I kind of feel like that was around that time. Mm -hmm. um, Which I wish I had like done enough research on my own of my own work to realize (laughs) what. But I kind of remember. Mm -hmm. But so your first show was in LA. Yeah. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Michigan. Oh, you did. Yep. Ah, I live in Chicago now. Oh, really? So I went to Michigan. For oh. the first time last year. Where'd you go? Isn't it? Isn't up it north? A, um, it's a peninsula. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's actually we, two peninsulas. For the um, podcast people out there, we are showing our hands because you're meant to show your hand or something because yeah. it's the shape of a, a mitten. Yeah. A mitten. Yeah. <laughs> a mitten. Yeah. Um, we went to Traverse City, Traverse but City. north of Traverse okay. City. So it was like on that coast. It's beautiful up there. Where are you from? So I'm from downstate but i spent a lot of time okay. on the other coast up north he's sh- he's pointing at his index finger <laughs> which is sheboygan area sheboygan okay yeah. oh, which is on lake huron uh, which is where the name where comes the name comes from yeah. obviously yeah but so how was going to shows when you were younger did you get to with a lot of bands touring around that area or did you have to like hop in a car with your mates and yeah i mean detroit was not too far from where i grew up so that was kind of where we went for shows and some east lansing which is a college town close to where i grew up had some shows. Those were my first formative shows happened there. Really? Yeah. Um, what were they? I think the, uh, 1995 was kind of my big year for shows. My first big year for mm. shows. I was 12. Mm. My bro- I had an older brother. Oh, 83. 83. Ah, 85. Okay. <laughs> I had an older brother who was just a big, huge music fan, which was great. And yeah. He, he took me to see uh, R.E.M. with Radiohead opening. What? What? Was that one of your first shows? That was my first big show, yeah. Um, Are you 
Wow. I know. It was amazing. And, uh, you know, I, I loved R.E.M. And actually, that was really cool because at the time, Patti Smith was living in Detroit, so she did the encore with them. Uh, what? Sorry. What? I know. It was a good... Patti, I've only gotten to see her once and I couldn't stop sobbing the whole time. It's pretty incredible. Radiohead was the thing for me. Yeah, I, I didn't really know them. Yeah. You know, I was just 12. <laughs> but I was like, wow, this band and this guitar player. Yeah. I was like, I got to do that. I got to play guitar. I got to... This you got to do this. Do. Yeah. So is that really the thing that made you want to start it? Or was, was your brother thing. also into instruments and things like that? No, he wasn't a, He wasn't a player. He was just a, a fan. But then later that year, in 95, mm. uh, the, the high school had sort of a talent show where they came to the middle school and performed. So there's like a jazz band. And oh. then and then this, these guys who had formed like a rock band played too. And I remember that kind of brought it closer to reality for me where I was like, okay, this is a guy who's not much older than me. I could do this. Playing bass and singing yeah. and stuff. And I was like, okay. So that was that was the first band we started was that year, 1995. Wow. These same you were guys. 12. 12 years old. We played a... That's very young though. No. A bat mitzvah was our first <laughs> show. <laughs> no way. Mm-hmm. Was that just because, are you in the community? Or was that just because of the, you got booked for that? No, despite my name, Benjamin <laughs> Schneider, I'm not Jewish. But uh, I, I know, of, I thought <laughs> Schneider would be <laughs> yeah, Jewish, yeah. But I'm not, but uh, I had a lot of Jewish friends growing up. and That's amazing. One of my, this girl asked us to play her, her bat mitzvah. I love that, because all I remember from my like bar and bat mitzvah days was just like a, like a rave. <laughs> just like electronic, like British, because it was... Because I grew up in South Africa, as I'm sure you can Uh hear my accent. And so just like this weird kind of British electronic from the 90s. And that's why every time any of that comes on, I'm like (laughs) suddenly a raver. We were a little different style than that. but (laughs) You're saying cooler, basically. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. Say it. I'm not (laughs) cool. No. But wait. So, okay. So 12. This is... I'm sorry to be excited, but this is fascinating that your Mm. first one was Radiohead. Because it took me years to see I had to fly to Belgium like yeah. in t- I think the first time I ever saw Radiohead was 2008 okay I mean it was all my brother I take no credit for like knowing incredible. to go to that show he just dragged me to it I don't yeah. know I mean he was only 15 so my parents I guess were pretty cool what was playing like in your home what was what were your parents uh, into my parents were big you know Bob Dylan Bruce Springsteen Neil Young kind of people which was great good people definitely sunk in a lot yeah but <laughs> But um, and at the time, I wanted something a little more, rocking, yeah, a little edgier, I guess. Yeah. So. And especially because of the the pacing, especially of Radiohead and mm-hmm. how they paced their songs out and how unique it was mm-hmm. from the get go. Yeah. Also, seeing it live is a completely different experience. Yes, it was really incredible. And then after that, so you started the band. Yeah. And then, how did you find your voice? Why did you decide to take that? to the next level I suppose I think in a lot of the bands we started at first I was usually the bass player not a singer or a guitar player oh. um, but I always liked writing songs I always liked just writing melodies and and then eventually I think I felt like I had something to say mm. you know to express with language started writing lyrics and stuff mm. and did you feel like you had enough to say then or did you feel like your life almost you had to experience more to just get enough on the paper or do you find that just like things were flowing from when you were younger um i think when i was younger it was more about melodies i didn't really think too much about the words you know i think it did take experience and time to really you know because even though a lot of the stuff i write kind of spins off into fiction i do think Mm. you need some sort of uh real experience as a place as a starting point Mm. uh, when you're writing a song 
Do you think that there's anything that you wouldn't sing about or wouldn't write about? Is there anything that doesn't really sit well with you to comment on? Because obviously now in this very scary world right now, there's things that people are maybe that they wouldn't have turned to that, Mm -hmm. you know, they suddenly want to talk about. So is there anything, I don't know, lately that you've been kind of mulling over? Nothing's off limits for me as far as I know. Um, (laughs) I mean, some really personal stuff maybe... Mm. Super autobiographical stuff makes me a little uncomfortable just because, as I've learned, as our profile has grown, mm. um, just the idea of fame kind of scares scares the shit out of me, to be honest. Does it? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Which is I obviously think... part of it, but... Um, no, but I mean, I also think those people who are like, it's your job, get used to it, are really just don't know what they're talking about, to be honest. Because nobody I says agree. you need to be in, in any way. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's hard. Yeah, it's a hard balance it's a to strike. Thing. Yeah, it is. It is strange. I'm still sorting it out, to be honest, yeah. figuring out how to navigate but it. But also, it's so okay if you don't ever. Yeah. But you also have a particular type of fan, though. They're lovely. It's yeah. Fine. Everyone I've met along the way has been just absolutely lovely. So no complaints at all there. It's just more of a... Just yeah. knowing your life. Yeah, just yeah. I love my anonymity in a lot of ways. I, I love being able to walk through a busy place or an airport or whatever you just feel like I can blend in and Mm. do my thing yeah which uh, which I still can do for the most part I'm not saying I'm at all he's basically trying to there's like fans waiting outside (laughs) they're trying to get into the trailer that we're in (laughs) paparazzi I've been snapping pictures the whole time no but I hear what you're saying you see a glimpse of that and it really is frightening me anyway yeah. yeah also because i was listening to i barely do but i was listening to the mark maron podcast huh. this morning and he was talking to a comedian who has the stalker and she uh. was saying how like he found her home and she's this teeny tiny comedian that sounds terrifying yeah and i can imagine also especially because of uh how emotional some of the songs get that you have as mm-hmm. well people connect to it of course mm-hmm. then double time yeah but have you ever had any fan that's been kind of crossed, not crossed the line, but made you feel yes, very uncomfortable? Really? Yeah, and I, no. No, I don't want to get specific no. about it, but we've definitely had some uh, strange, yeah. strange things. Strange happen. experiences. Yeah. For the most part, they've been, like I said, our fans have been yeah. the most lovely. And just, respectful. Yeah, respectful people who are honestly just, you know, really excited about what we're doing, which is exciting for us to hear. Exactly. Yeah. Is there any point where you met somebody maybe another artist or somebody who has given you advice on this as such um not on that specifically i think we've have met people we just look on our last record we mixed with dave fridman who's a producer who i have a lot of respect amazing amazing wow yeah and um that's incredible how was that it was amazing i mean creatively he's just yeah (laughs) unbelievable but but more than that he's found a really nice balance in his life between sort of being at this really high level artistically but also having a very just great mm. family life mm. and, and you know he's involved in his community and lives kind of out out in the country and mm. it's, it's really nice and it was just kind of inspiring to meet somebody who's at that high level of mm. creativity and artistry but 
still kind of really grounded. Yeah, that's exactly what you feel like, though, to be honest. Like, just sitting next to you, you feel like that as well. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard having that balance because you're touring all the time and you want your own family to, you know, go back to. Where's everybody? In L.A.? Yeah, we all live in L.A. Oh, okay. So your whole family is there. Well, not my my parents still live in Michigan. Oh, they do? But I go there a couple times a year. Oh, amazing. The one nice thing about touring is I do get to go through and see my family and friends around the country a little more. But... um, but you know, my wife and I live out in Los Angeles, and all the guys in the band who are like who are like family, to be honest. Yeah, they all, they all live out there, so. and LA is a nice base to have. Mm-hmm. And then it's amazing that you get to go back to Michigan. Yeah, is your brother still like telling you about music, or is yeah, he like, well, no, he's, he's got, famous now? He's got kids now, so I'm I'm trying to keep him up on music yeah. as much as I can. But we still we'll still get together and go to concerts a couple times a year and stuff. So. What was the last one you got to see with him? Uh, Do you remember? I know it's like on the spot. It was just a month ago, actually. The the Pixies and Weezer were passing through his hometown. It's it's a town in uh, Indiana. So I flew out and we went, you know, both being big big Pixies fans and and Weezer too. So it it was cool. And in terms of now going forward, you said that you didn't have much international experience. Do you feel like you want to tour more? Yeah. We've been making the effort to get overseas more. Where do you want to go? Everywhere. We haven't been to Asia yet, which I think would be great. Go to Japan. Yeah. Maybe China. Um, we've, we've done Europe a few times. We're going back again in October. Mm. We just did Australia for the second time. How but was that? It was great. Australia is amazing. It right? is. Where, did you do a festival or a show? Yeah, we did Splendor in the Grass. How amazing is Splendor? I covered it like two years it's ago. It's great. One of my favorite festivals. It was really nice. So. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, we, we, we don't do label support for touring really, so it's all up to us, so... That's it's expensive to get over there, but I know it's a good investment. It's so. worth it, yeah. yeah. Especially just to expand, you yeah. know, to not have, as you said, to not get bored yeah. and kind of see expand something new. It. Yeah, it is amazing how you end up in the same alleys behind the same venues, <laughs> talking to the same <laughs> local crew, and you're kind of like, this is stage right here. This is yeah. yeah. Is there a, is there a place that you played the most out of all the touring spots in the U.S.? Is there one that kind of sits? We've kind of changed venues recently, mm. so it's not all the same, but. For a long time, whenever we'd go through Salt Lake City, we'd mm. play this tiny place called Kilby Court, which is like, I don't know, 150 people or something. And I just remember going there for like the fifth time and being like, you know, I love this place, but I love you, but I'd like you to know. play a new a new venue if I can. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. But there is, I think, when you start probably going more overseas, you'll probably be like, I just want my Salt Lake City back, you know, because <laughs> totally. you just want like what you can't have. I think that's very that's wise. Amazing. That's very true. So yeah. where where else where where do you go from here? Do you know your schedule that well? Yes, well, tomorrow we'll play in Boston. That's which is cool. A city we've played a lot yeah. in as well, and um, and then I think I get to go home for a couple of days. Which that would nice. be nice. Yeah. Do you have a favorite place that you play in the U.S.? You can say one because they won't be mad. No, the I know. Others, I know? Think, <laughs> well, what I always think about is a place that I actually haven't played yet. Okay. Which is in Detroit, a venue I used to see shows at all the time, St. Andrew's Hall. Which yeah. It's kind of like a classic place where I saw a lot of my first shows. And for some reason, we've never gotten to play there. So I always think, I mean, it's always great playing in Detroit. You know, I've got so much family there. And yeah. Everybody comes out. It's nice, yeah, to um, have that. But this one venue has been elusive, so hopefully someday. I'll yeah. Get to well, this is your this is your public announcement, yeah. essentially. Saint Andrews, Saint please call me. <laughs> Report, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then lastly, I usually ask about pre-show rituals, but I'm kind of intrigued about what you do after shows. Hmm. Is there a certain thing that you tend to do 
that kind of sets you back into a, a, a place of like not manicness, you know, from the, the crowd's energy and stuff like that. If we're not overwhelmed with, you know, friends or colleagues after a show, in big cities that tends to be the case where you go backstage and it's just Everybody. so many people to greet and talk mm. to, which is which is nice. I love it, but it can be kind of overwhelming. Mm-hmm. My favorite kind of show is one where there's none of that afterwards. I can sit mm. in the green room for maybe half an hour and have a drink and mm. then I always like, just go out for a walk if I can in the city before going to bed are you a bit of a loner as as you're a bit of a loner I mean yeah after yeah. a long day of being together with it's everybody crazy. it's nice to just have some time you alone. just need time yeah how do you get away well how do you then zone out when you're on like a tour bus well reading yeah a lot of reading um, what are you reading at the moment right now I'm reading actually a, some James Elroy short stories that's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice sort of bit of light stuff to just yeah. kind of end the day with. Yeah. But do you land up being together with the guys a lot? Like. Yeah. Look, since we've known each other so long that we don't mm-hmm. have that sort of awkwardness of like feeling like we have to hang out all right. the time. Or it's, yeah. it's just natural. If, if someone wants to go out for a drink and you want to go for a drink or go bowling or something, you will. But, yeah. But we don't feel the pressure to spend every minute together, yeah. anything, which is nice. Absolutely. Everybody's got their own thing going on. Yeah, especially because knowing the boundaries, as you said, you're like past that awkward phase. So knowing the boundaries already is is really, I can imagine, quite easy for you. Is there a a song, a particular song that you are finding quite challenging now to play live from the new album? Like, is there anything that is a little bit more difficult or has everything fit into your kind of discography pretty neatly? I'm all, we're always pretty hypercritical of everything, but I think we're doing. Which I think pretty, is actually a really good thing. I, I, I hope think so. it's a good thing. I hope so. Yeah, I think we're doing pretty well. You know, everything we change things mm. constantly and try to make the song sound better. But mm. luckily, like um, one thing we've struggled with a lot is just, you know, the sound in the venue, the actual front of house sound, making mm. it consistent every night. And now that we can spend a little more on tour and bring our own gear and everything, it's mm. um, it's been easier. Makes just, a difference. It does. Yeah. Well, I hope that you have a good show. This Thank is you. really exciting that it's on such a big stage. I can't wait. It's, yeah. Uh, I'm really pumped. So wait, we were talking about Pearl Jam. Uh-huh. So you didn't get to see them? I didn't because we were on before then but they they were on like 1am or something and we had to leave at 5am like they were on midnight yeah we had yeah. To, we had to leave at like go up at 4 o'clock in the morning it to go to Alice France Alice in Chains, Chains. Jack White Jack White but this was a festival in Portugal called Nos Live Nos Alive oh, yeah. Nos Alive Nos Alive <laughs> do you want to introduce yourself so that the listeners Hello. know who you my are my name is Bob Hardy and I play the bass in Franz Ferdinand <laughs> hello my name is Julian Corey and I also play in Franz Ferdinand but not the bass I play keyboard and guitar and sing as well welcome to the band thanks very much it's been now what a year two two years two two years two years years in august and we're in august now so it's been two years do you feel like you're still the new kid on the block um sometimes but no i don't know i feel like it's a good unit now it's like the five of us have i mean we've gigged a lot now so we've played about a thousand shows i think about a thousand (laughs) this will be coming up to a thousand yeah i actually was looking on setlist fm to see like how many times you've played certain songs because oh, I've yeah. seen you 
from I think I think the first time I saw was 2004 wow is this competition see if I can guess how many times (laughs) yeah you should so take me out Uh, no but uh, this is also according to 1700 times it says only 800 really well wait I wrote it down it says like 800 Mm. but no, I mean, but it's probably, probably loads yeah, more. It's probably more. I mean, I don't know, know how setlist.com works. Is it like people just do it's it? It's like user aggregated, yeah. So not necessarily every set might not go up there. No, no. no. Right. You will definitely have played it more than 800 times. Oh, yeah. I mean, just sound. Yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. How many times have you played it? Do you know? I reckon. Well, Rick, actually, our front of house engineer, has been keeping track of how many shows we've done. Really? And it's, I mean, it's, it's coming up to the t- 200 the mark, I think. So probably about 150 times. Do you ever get a little bit annoyed or bored? I don't get bored of that song. Um, is there any song that you get really bored by? Like bored is, a, is the wrong word. Well, maybe just that it isn't There's as songs fresh. I, I, look, I look less forward to playing in a set than others. Yeah. Just yeah. because of your, the, the bass parts? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Thank there you for not yawning. There are some songs that I enjoy more than others, for sure. But... Um, and then, like some gigs, I enjoy more than others. Like some nights, I'm really, I, I, I really, really enjoy it. What like, makes yeah. the most perfect gig? Like, why, why would it, why say. would a gig come it's together? It's really hard to say. But like, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes you just come off stage and you're like, that was brilliant. Yeah. Like, honestly, when it's like, and when it's like that, it's like honestly the best thing in the world. It's so good. That happened for me two nights ago. We were playing in Indianapolis at this mm. little club called the Vogue. Mm. We'd never been there before, and it's mm. a, this legendary little club. Mm. And it can't be in the very big. What a thousand people? Right? Yeah, it's and like, um. We, the night before we played Lollapalooza to mm. you know tens of thousands or whatever. That's my, my new hometown now. All oh, right, okay, I nice. It was, right it was yeah. Good, yeah, it was a good show. I, yeah, it's but a we, bit crazy. We, we drove down to Indianapolis, and all day just hanging around this venue in, in the tour bus because it was so small it was not really a dressing yeah. room, and they're just kind of like you know just bumming around the town a little bit and then went on stage and had the, one of the best gigs I've had for ages just completely randomly I mean I guess it felt like a real Friday night party you know yeah a lot of people were there to see us and to just have a good time because right. they say that bands don't really come to Indianapolis so they were like really excited that we were mm. there and like why did you decide to go there what was the well, our, our booking agent um, <laughs> booked it he decided I mean, for us <laughs> we, we, we're, we're here to do Oshiaga and Lollapalooza and then a bunch of our own shows and it was it was a show to do in between Lolla, Lollapalooza and this but This actually this last couple of years we've been to quite a few places in the North America yeah. that we've never been to before and that's been really exciting do um, you find like your hometown when was the last time you played in, we, in, in Glasgow? Glasgow February the 15th how is that playing to your hometown. Uh, it was a brilliant show. Yeah, really good. Really good. That's one of my favourites of the UK tour. Are you also from uh, Glasgow as well? well? No, I'm from England. Okay. But I've lived in Glasgow for uh, over 10 years. Oh, wow. So, like, I feel like a sort of adopted <laughs> Glaswegian. Yeah. I'm also from England, but I've lived in Glasgow for nearly 20 years. So, are all your, so where did you grow up? Tell I me. I grew up in Bradford in West Yorkshire. I grew up in a town called Ware, which is just north of London. Yeah. yeah. I have a friend who lived there. Really? Yes. It's very, very um, unknown. A lot of people don't it's know quite about bo- it. It's quite, a, it's quite a boring place. Yeah. I mean, like, not to slag off Ware. <laughs> I've never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd never heard of it until... I, and it's also like, oh, where are you from? Oh, Ware. It's like, oh, hilarious. Oh, yeah. Ware. But, um, yeah, like, it was fine. It was fine. The good thing was how close to London it was, so you yeah. got to London quite easily. So when you were younger, can I ask you about the first gigs that you ever went to? You may could be two parts either the first one you ever went to or maybe the one that was most formative mm. for you as as um, a musician i'll tell you that the first one that i went to was a band called david devant and his spirit wife which is this like 
uh, but from Brighton and um, this very theatrical art school band. Um, it was kind of they, they had like a hit in the '90s uh, with a song that was on the radio quite a lot, and then they had like a bit of a cult following, mm. and um, and they were playing my hometown. And I had a fake ID to go and see them because it was like over 18s, yeah. and um, went to that. It was amazing. Like, you know, blew. It was the first thing I'd seen. It was so loud. I remember yeah. my ears ringing for days afterwards. But um, since then, mm. like this last couple of years, I've sort of uh, become friends with the singer on Twitter. Oh, wow. And um, we were playing in Brighton, which is his hometown, yeah. this year. And I tweeted him and said, you know, do you want to message him? Do you want to come down to the show? Come and I'll be on the show. guest list. He's like, yeah. oh, yeah. He said, yeah, I'd love to. Can I bring my boys? And it was their first gig. Like his his son's first kick. Um, did you so, tell him that? Yeah, that of course. Yeah. But that I mean that never happens. That I know, is incredible. It's great, isn't it? Huh. Did you prep that story? That's a great story. Yeah. Wow. David Devant and his spirit wife. <laughs> heavily heavily prepped. Heavily prepped. Yeah. Very For media hours. savvy. Yeah. I mean, what do you mean by prepped? I mean, do you mean I had it no, in like, my head? I think a lot of people <laughs> I have a memory. Though. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, my memory is very awful, so I commend you for having such Thanks. a good memory. Yeah. What was yours, Julian? You uh, were signed well, quite Bob. a lot. Um, I feel like I, there was an earlier one on this, but the one that I remember was um, a band called Gomez at uh, at um, Bur- in Birmingham in the, uh, in the Academy. There. Was it in uh, 1998? No, I think it was slightly later than that. But um, I was a massive Gomez fan. Mm. Massive. Go- and I went with my dad because I didn't have any friends. <laughs> How old uh, were you? Uh, probably about 16. Wow. There must have been shows before that, but that maybe not. Maybe mm. that was my first gig. The Birmingham uh, Academy. Okay. Yeah. Is there anybody that you haven't seen that you've wanted to see? Because obviously you guys tour so much and you've been able to meet... As you said, you missed Pearl Jam. Yeah. I mean, course, I, I, I would, I would, yeah, I'd like to see Pearl Jam just because I was a, such a big fan when yeah. I was sort of uh, a teenager. Um, who else have I never seen? Um, I guess some some like huge kind of artists. I've never seen Paul Simon. I'd love to see him, but I think he's doing some kind of farewell tour now, so I'm yeah. missed him. Bruno Mars was on it, at Lollapalooza. I Lollapalooza. And I would have loved to have seen that. Like, I've got a bit of a thing. A crush on me Bruno too. Mars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not a crush, a musical crush. Musical yeah, crush. Yeah, a little bit of a man crush I, yeah. as well. Yeah, he's hot. He's fantastic, though, yeah. in terms of just a show. But, I mean, the same thing with you guys in terms of, like, your fans go so crazy at mm. your shows it is amazing to see and I think yeah. that you keep the energy up as well is there a, is there some sort of uh, is there a moment where before you've walked onto onto the stage where you like this feels no not really I feel like I feel like it is important for us as a band or at least me as an outsider coming in like it became it was obvious that it, like the shows were it was important that the shows were really high energy because I remember when we were rehearsing mm. and it was we were all quite calm and it's like there's a lot of space between songs and then it might have been even that first show we did and I was like came off I was like oh my goodness like how far like fast between songs and like how much energy there was on stage and like, I would loved it and totally got into it but um, yeah like the fans it's it's great that they go along with it and especially that show a couple of nights ago they were really on board with that was a super high energy show it was really good yeah I, I feel sometimes the, the high energy comes from other band members that they aren't me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm kind of very rooted in the bass yeah. end, you know. Um, do you, very what calm. was the first first show with Franz Ferdinand? What, um, what did you, we do played, you that? Uh, yeah, we played in our friend's bedroom uh, in a flat on Socky Hall Street in Glasgow above Nice and Sleazy's, which is a famous pub music venue. Mm. Um, and we played four songs um, to our friends, and then we played them again because some people arrived late. Uh, and it was you terrifying. Just kept playing the songs we played f- played four songs <laughs> twice, and then um, I love that. What were those songs? Well, yeah, what um, were those songs? It was Michael, 
uh, Jacqueline. Michael, you've also played loads of times. I saw yeah, that also. 700-something. Um, tell her tonight. And I can't remember the fourth one. Paul will know. Might have been Alfaxa, but I can't... I don't know, because I... I, I would have played. I had to play octaves in that song, and I couldn't play octaves then. And was that was Paul was Paul playing guitar at that point? No, he, that had finished a long time ago. Okay. Before before we got round to gigging. Oh, okay. Well, no, that that little. Was there like a cover point. charge? No, it was oh. it was an art show that yeah. our friends were putting on, and then we were kind of like the band that were playing it. And um, so then, when was the first big? kind of big stage or well I mean everything seems big after you've played in your friend's bedroom of course <laughs> so um, but paying to paying fans uh, well uh, of our own shows I, I guess the one that one that stands out in Glasgow was the first time we played the QM which was April 2004 I think oh. and our record had been out our album had been out mm. maybe it was early in April I can't remember and um, and it was really magic it was like it felt enormous and it's not it's not that big a venue it's like seven eight hundred something like nine hundred maybe and it was like you know rammed and people going wild and it was just like what is going on you know that was pretty special were you were you hesitant at all perhaps this is to both of you in just the beginning to because obviously some people have different relationships with touring Mm. And they feel like they just can't handle the constant, and especially yeah. as you guys are a touring band. Yeah, it was just a direct continuation of art school. So, I mean, we signed our record contract in June, and I graduated in July. Oh, wow. So, it, we, I just, I was sort of partying pretty hard through the last few years of art school, and I just kept going really. And so, it wasn't really much of a change. But you in, knew that it was going to happen. Uh, I knew we were going to go on tour. Yeah, I didn't know, you know. That we were gonna. Yeah. But did you have that goal in mind? Did you have um, that dream? At, w- at one point, because we we played with a few bands. Like I remember on the mm. weekend I graduated from art school, I did my degree show. We supported the Libertines at the Barrowlands. We like we were like hometown support band, or whatever. And um, Libertines in the two thousands. Two thousand and three would have been. Yeah. yeah. And um, I remember getting. Our, I remember they had a tour bus outside, and it seemed like the most glamorous thing in the world. And uh, I remember leaving the venue after having a few drinks and John, the bass player, kind of like, I was like, coming downstairs and there were some fans waiting outside for the photograph of them. And I was like, that looks so cool. Like they've got, you know, like people actually like want to speak to him. And he's going to get on that tour bus, fall asleep. And they had a day sheet on the wall. And that seemed like the most exotic thing in the world. It was like, you know. Like an actual was, schedule. Yeah, schedule yeah. was like, you know, Glas- tonight, Glasgow, <laughs> you know, blah, 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 load out 1am and tomorrow, you know, Newcastle, whatever it yeah. was. And I was like, that's so glamorous. You get to go to Newcastle tomorrow. And, <laughs> and now then, do you think it's as glamorous? Um, sometimes I do get those moments. I mean, the other day, like two days ago, in, when we were playing the Vogue, and I was kind of like, mm. just, you know, sound check looking around, and there was one of our day sheets I could see from stage. I was like, and I remember, you know, thinking, I remember when I first saw a day sheet, and I thought mm. this at the time, and how exciting that was. And then I did kind of like get in a bit of kind of like thinking, oh, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Is there a place that you haven't played yet that you would still like? Was that a I bug? Was a, that was a yeah. I was trying to catch her. That, that wasn't like. So what he did was he gestured in the air. Oh oh oh! I like, know. Please can I talk? And I saw you laugh. Me me. Basically. For the listeners at home, I just I just I just snapped my hand in the air. I want to say something. No, I don't. It's fine. Yeah. So tell me, as I was saying, is there any place that you haven't been, or at least a place that you feel like? I mean, because you've toured pretty much everywhere right yeah it's funny i was thinking at the end of this year we will have done pretty much every major continent except for africa mm, we've and never played in africa yeah so like africa south africa maybe they would cool. go nuts i can't yeah. be- have you never played there we've never been no 
That's so strange because it really is your market. Like yeah, I can't yeah. even I imagine. Know, yeah, I don't know why. I guess it's kind of odd. It's an, it's not really on the there's way to anywhere, exactly. so it's never really there's kind of. There's nothing in the immediate vicinity. Yeah. yeah. I've always wanted to play in Alaska. I but I've just asked. Go there. I've asked our agent, and he said no. Why? <laughs> just no. <laughs> he said there isn't really a market. Um, and then lastly, because we have to wrap up, um, is there like a dream lineup I know you mentioned Paul Simon for like a festival no I suppose just for yourself to watch shows mm. um, if there's somebody who you've maybe missed who's passed away or something yeah. that you would have loved yeah. to see live I only really got into REM after they'd broken up <laughs> I think majority of people probably yeah. did yeah and, um, and so I quite like to watch an REM show uh, my favourite band in the world is a band called Deerhoof from uh I San Francisco. Just, I just interviewed them. Did you? So Ed has the most beautiful hair in the yeah, world. Yeah. And you must listen to the podcast episode. I should. It is an hour and a half long. Oh, amazing. Most of them are. They're quite verbose. That's why this is very good. Oh, they are. I, like I don't know why. That's uh, a shame because we could talk for longer. It's a shame. And yeah. I could ask lots more questions. But yeah. Deerhoof are amazing. Can you talk a little bit about them? Uh, yeah, I got into them um, university, I think, um, and just knew vaguely that about. I knew ve- I'd known vaguely about them for a while as a band that I might quite like, and then I got a record, and I was like, everything about this is good. Like it's everything. like like they have this amazing combination of sort of, um, and it's something that I think would, like maybe I, it's good for our band to think about because they sort of they've been going for years, 20 like twenty years, years, twenty years, but like they still. Uh, uh, like there's still this like DIY sort of cottage industry and they're all really on it mm-hmm. but they have like they're so exploratory with the sounds like every album is different they're all having a blast but doing you can it. still hear it's Deerhoof yeah Deerhoof-y. and they have they have yeah. so much fun <laughs> and it's like but it's like it's, it's like really high concept music but at the same time they don't take it too it's seriously accessible. and it's really Absolutely. super accessible and fun yeah. and that's just the best like any music that's like that's like different and doing its own thing and like musically complicated but that yeah. has like a, this element of fun and like so like I think they're amazing and I would love to see them play and I'd love to is hang out is this your them. public announcement to say that you yeah. can <laughs> perform can with we them? please be friends yeah can we please no, be friends friends and to play music together yeah yeah, yeah be awesome. go, go to the mic say yeah yeah <laughs> awesome well thank you so much for the very good time sorry it was, sorry, it was brief sorry <laughs> This Must Be The Gig is produced by Adam Kibble and we'd like to thank Billy Yost and The Kickback for our theme song, Rube, and buy their music at thekickbackband.com, Lexi Frame for the artwork, Daniel Brater and Dean Berger for the additional sound design, and The Consequence Podcast Network, where you'll find a bunch of other amazing shows. listened this far why not go the extra mile and leave us a review on apple podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts your comments provide valuable feedback for us and it helps other people find us too for information on new episodes be sure to follow us on facebook twitter or instagram at tmbtgpod and generally just irritate everyone you know about the show thanks again and i miss you already
Consequence Podcast Network.